0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Seems Like Diet Culture. My name is Mallory Page. I'm a registered dietitian, and I'm also the host of this podcast. And this is the podcast where we answer the questions that you have about wellness trends. You may be looking through social media, going through the grocery store, talking to a friend, whatever it may be. And hearing some nutrition trend, weight loss drug, wellness influencer, who knows? And you start to wonder, should you be listening to that? Is that actually true? And ultimately, how the heck should you include that in your life? And that is where this podcast comes in. We go over topics exactly like this, and I share my educated opinion, research articles, the opinions of others and you guys so that you can decide how the heck you want to include that into your life. Today's topic is one that's honestly a little different than anything else I've done because we're talking about a weight loss drug. It goes by the name of Ozempic. And you may be kind of wondering, okay, why are we talking about this? I mean, any weight loss drug would probably be diet culture, but there is actually a much bigger picture to the diet culture conversation in this because Ozempic is actually not just a weight loss drug. It was actually originally made for a different purpose that we're going to be going over. And we're also going to talk about why it's all over the news right now and everybody is discussing it and the implications of this popularity as well. At the end of every episode, I'll give it a rating from one to ten of how diet culture-esque this really is. So definitely stick around for that. And if you want to follow me on Instagram and have input on these topics or even just shoot me a DM, my Instagram is always linked in the show notes and so is my program Live Unrestricted. And we are currently accepting applications for our January round and we also have pre-sale pricing. So I would highly suggest applying if you are struggling with your relationship with food, body image, and exercise, and you need something to get you started off strong in the new year instead of falling back into old habits, this is for you. And once you put in your application, you get to do a free consult with me to determine if it truly is the right fit. So it's no risk to sending in that application. Without further ado, let's get into the topic for today and talk about Ozempic. So As we always do, we're going to start with, what is it? So, Ozempic is an injection drug, and it comes in 0.5 milligram, 1 milligram, and 2 milligram injectables. It is a prescription medicine, and it was designed specifically for adults with type 2 diabetes, and it is meant to be used along with diet and exercise to improve blood sugar. They've also seen that it can lower the risk of major cardiovascular events, such as stroke, heart attack, or death, in adults with type 2 diabetes and known heart disease. So getting into the mechanism and how this works can feel a little bit like we're going through the weeds and getting a little bit too specific, but I just wanted to give a brief explanation. So Ozempic is a GLP-1 receptor agonist. It stimulates insulin secretion and it lowers glucagon secretion. So this means that it lowers the fasting glucose by increasing the amount of insulin that is in your body in a glucose-dependent manner, so along with glucose. So this helps patients that have type 2 diabetes have blood sugar slash insulin secretion rates more similar to that of healthy subjects. If you don't understand any of that, that's okay. I'm sure many of you guys do because you're very intelligent, but I just feel like some of the jargon can get a little confusing. So, let's actually break down what does that mean. It means that it increases the amount of insulin in someone's body after a meal, and that means that the blood sugar levels won't go as high. It means that it slows the movement of food through the stomach to prevent a spike in blood sugar levels, It also means that it lowers the amount of sugar released into your blood sugar. And this is kind of another side effect that they found, but it still relates to everything I was explaining. But the drug also helps to curb a person's appetite. So, these are all the things that Ozempic is doing in people that have type 2 diabetes. Let's emphasize this. This is only found to be in people with type 2 diabetes. So, as you go through that, I feel like it starts to bring up the question of like, okay, cool. Like, so why the heck are we talking about it? So, I want to go through what happened. So, essentially, there were clinical trials done, just like there are with any drug, to test the efficacy of how this drug works and if it works at all. So, there was a study that was done, multiple trials, and from that, they saw that weight loss happened along with diabetes control with this drug. And it was it was a proven pattern that they saw over time with multiple studies and trials where they saw this happening. So, since they saw that weight loss could happen with this, there was a leap that seemed to be made saying, okay, well, if weight loss is a side effect for people with diabetes, then maybe this is a side effect for people that Just want to lose weight in general that maybe don't have diabetes. And something important to keep in mind when it comes to the medical field is that we always want things to be as proven as they can be before we make a claim. So, Ozempic was only released in 2017, so around exactly five years ago, because it was December of 2017. And when we look at that time frame in regards to other medicines that we have, that's actually a very short time frame. And five years is not anything that can really tell us what the long term effect of something can be. So to have a trial that says, okay, cool, these people lose weight in this situation and then just all of a sudden jump and say, oh, well, actually this could be for the general general population, can be really harmful. So, now let's fast forward. Around the beginning to middle of this year, 2022, we started to see a lot of people talk about injectables. So, Wagovi was another drug very similar to Ozempic. They're not necessarily interchangeable, but pretty much same type of vibe. That became the topic of discussion by Elon Musk, who was tweeting about this. Andy Cohen was tweeting about Ozempic and how everyone around him is losing 20 pounds and what are the long-term effects going to be. And then what I feel like catapulted this to new levels was Kim Kardashian supposedly using this, as well as Khloe Kardashian especially around the Met Gala. It seems like we're constantly talking about the Kardashians and I actually have a whole episode about Kim's Met Gala extravaganza that I can link down below or in the show notes, I mean. But the truth is, whether you like the Kardashians or not, they have a massive influence on what people start to pay attention to, especially when it pertains to body image. And this was the perfect storm to make people turn their eyes towards Ozempic and these injectables. Then to make it worse, around this same time, the Today Show did a segment discussing the new trial that they did on Ozempic and the use of it for people that did not have type 2 diabetes but were instead considered obese. And just as a disclaimer, I personally do not believe in the BMI classifications that are used, but when we are talking about research studies, this is the way that they classify things. So, it's not possible technically to really understand and help you guys see the the study's bigger picture without using those classifications because that's what they use. So, when they did this study, they were using very high amounts of the injectables, 5, 10, and 15 milligrams, and they had different groups, and they used this for 72 weeks. Every single week they were using it, and they saw large amounts of weight loss in the population that was just obese and not type 2 diabetic, and they're trying to use this study, of course, to get it approved by the FDA for weight loss purposes rather than just for type 2 diabetes. Because currently, this drug is not approved just for weight loss, and it is only approved for type 2 diabetes. So, all of these things coming together have now led to doctors prescribing this for weight loss. And you may think, why is a doctor prescribing this if it's not FDA approved? Well, there's a whole larger conversation that can go on with that. But at the end of the day, sometimes doctors, just like any other practitioner that's out there, can make decisions that they think will please their patients or that are the best decisions that may not actually be covered or recommended by the FDA or by overarching, you know, regulatory bodies. So what's happened with this, not only the fact of Hollywood using it, but also doctors prescribing it for weight loss, is that shortages have started to happen. And they've started to pull advertisements, they've stopped shipments, and people that need the drug can't get it or it's harder to get it. It's harder to get with insurance and the prices of it have started to go up. I actually noticed that when I was looking at the Today Show segment, they were saying how it was around a thousand dollars a month, which of course is an average and depends on your insurance and all of those things. But now, more recent conversations have named it around fifteen hundred dollars a month, so it's definitely going up. So I want to talk about the actual efficacy of all of this in terms of the studies. So there were four. 68-week clinical trials that were done initially to help with approval of this drug. And all of the different trials that were done saw that the drug was effective in what we had talked about, in that increase of insulin, lowering of blood glucose, and a side effect was weight loss. There have also been other articles since then that have pretty large sample sizes, pretty decent efficacy, and are overall a pretty solid study, which means it's, it's one that's believable, as in the control groups were good, the length of time that they introduced it, there weren't any problems that came in, there wasn't a ton of what bias. Essentially, there have been other articles that have come out with all of those factors that have, again, proved the same things that we saw to be true in these first clinical trials. Now, what they found is that the drug was effective for what it was supposed to do, and that patients that took this compared to the placebo group, along with diet and exercise, lost more weight. And the loss that they have seen consistently in these studies is around a 5% loss. So that's 5% of your body weight. So commonly they would see something like 20 pounds or something like that. So yeah, cool. You see all these things, you're like, all right, great. So what's the catch when it comes to someone for diabetes? Well, there's always a catch with drugs, no matter if it's the best prescription drug in the world. So these are the side effects that they consistently saw in all of these things. And by things, I should say Studies. They saw changes in vision, pancreatitis, too low of blood sugar, gallbladder problems, allergic reactions. Most common was nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, stomach pain, gas, and bloating. They also saw that the body will rebound, the weight, I should say, will rebound after stopping. So yes, during the moment, there is less appetite that you're experiencing. Your body is able to do all of those things that the drug is explaining, and therefore you will eat less. But once you stop, your weight will go back up from what they have seen. And they have also discovered that the only amount of time that they can say 100% is safe for weight loss is up to sixty eight weeks. Because they have not done studies that go much past this length of time, they cannot say that they know that it is stop that it is smart or safe past this time. And they also do not know the long term effects. I mean, this is pretty clear because a drug that only came out five years ago, although five years can seem like forever, it's really not when we're looking at the long-term effects of a drug. Because think about how long people live, right? Five years in terms of an 80-year lifespan is, is relatively short overall. So even with these side effects there were a lot of people in some of the studies, I shouldn't say a lot, but there was a percentage of people that was significant enough to mention that actually dropped out of the study because it was quite uncomfortable to be on the drug from all of the different side effects. So there are definitely downsides to doing this, not only potentially in the long term, which we don't know to be true or not, but also in the short term. And something to think about is when we're talking about this with diabetes, type 2 diabetes, I should say specifically, they may be already experiencing or be at risk for a lot of these things that are mentioned as side effects of the drug. So them doing it doesn't feel quite as scary because they are kind of weighing the pros and cons or technically should be their doctor that is weighing the pros and cons for them and suggesting this. But if you don't already have these things and you're just doing it in the name of weight loss, you're subjecting yourself to issues and challenges that are not technically necessary. So that's just something to keep in mind. So we've talked about a lot of different things with this, but at the end of the day, the main reason we're discussing this drug is because of the weight loss. That people are talking about, and what I think is really interesting is that when you go to Ozempic's website, you would think that a lot of the website would be catered towards the diabetes population type 2 diabetes because that is who they are trying to help. But this is where it gets a little bit confusing with big pharma and doctors that are maybe looking a little bit more for profit. And even these companies in general that are a part of Big Pharma that want to make money because weight loss is a freaking money maker. Yes, there are a lot of people with diabetes and there are a lot of people that want to control their diabetes for their health, but there are sadly, honestly, even more people that want to lose weight. So when you go onto their website when you were to look at what is Ozempic, they have three things that come up next to it. They say Ozempic is proven to lower A1c. Ozempic lowers the risk of the major cardiovascular events that we talked about. And then Ozempic may help you lose some weight. Ozempic is not for weight loss, which is just kind of such a funny thing how, of course, they're going to mention it, but they're not going to say that you can't legally. And they have a whole nother section on this as well and talking about the studies that proved this and all of the different stuff. So they go into like how to take it and all the side effects and all of those different things. But I think that it's important to recognize that unfortunately in America, drugs like this are a business. And you have to think about that element as well as to why there is a big motivation to even have a drug like this get approved by the FDA for something like weight loss. So after discussing all of this, you may be kind of thinking, all right, what does this all mean? Like, what am I supposed to take away from this? And I want to name the pros and the cons, but also more than that, the scary parts and the unethical parts that people aren't talking about, as well as what we've seen happen in the past with drugs for weight loss. So the thing that I think is scary, or at least just sad, is that once you stop this, the weight can come back. And why I think this is scary is because we're so desperate for this small weight loss, like a 5% weight loss, which yes, I'm not negating the fact that weight loss can be impactful for certain people, especially in regards to health, although not all because weight loss does not automatically just fix your health like doctors and other people like to say, or even how dieticians are taught they will literally do all of these different things, put themselves at risk and pay all of this money just for this small change that eventually will come back. And especially because we don't know the side effects. Yes, we know the long, I mean, the short-term things that can happen to your body, but we have no idea what is going to happen in the long-term. So we're putting ourselves at risk just for this small change that for most people I've seen taking the drug that are not type 2 diabetics is really just about aesthetic changes. Now, the other thing is that this is insanely expensive. And that's scary to me because There are people on this that I've seen on TikTok or just in general that are 25 years old or even if they're not 25 years old, they're 40, they're 35, they're 50 even. And they're being put on a drug that is uh, between $1,000 and $1,500 a month. And this may even start to go up too if they're having a shortage of it. And how long are they going to pay for that? I mean, let's just say $1,000 a month. There's 12 months in the year. That's $12,000 a year. And then think about that. Let's say you were on this drug. Let's say you're 25 and you take this drug till you're 50. And it's, let's do even 1,500. So 1,500 times 12 that's $18,000 a year. Let's say you take it for 25 years. That's $450,000 over 25 years. That type of money will literally change someone's life. And they're just doing it in the name for weight loss. I should say, all these scary parts, I'm saying this in regards to using this for weight loss, not for diabetes. So just keep that in mind. The other thing is that people are taking this and making claims that are super, super dangerous. So, I was scrolling through TikTok and I saw people talking about how they're no longer binge eating because of this and, you know, they're not exercising or even changing at all what they're eating, but now they've lost all of this weight. And this is literally meant to be used along with a nourishing way of eating and also exercise. And we don't even know if not having those two things present changes the variable in terms of like the side effects or your health in the long term again. But we know for sure that it's not meant to be used that way. And to make claims that this can help someone that is struggling with binge eating when in reality that person may need to go to eating disorder treatment or work with someone on this struggle is so, so harmful. And all of these parts of it are really, really scary to me in terms of just how people are looking at this and their mindset around it. But outside of the scary piece of this, there's also a very, very unethical piece of this that we need to talk about because this is majorly affecting patients with diabetes that actually need this drug. So I should have said this before, but the pro to this drug itself is that it truly can help with patients that have type 2 diabetes, which is incredible. I mean, when we can help a patient with type 2 diabetes with their quality of life, their longevity, all of those things, that is such a huge win. But now what has happened is because there are so many rich people in Hollywood, influencers, people in general that don't need this drug for diabetes going out and getting it prescribed by doctors, which is so concerning that there are doctors out there prescribing this even though they shouldn't be because it's not even approved for weight loss and because there is a shortage for people to actually need it. Because they're doing that, now they're running out of it for patients that actually need it. And not only are they running out of it for patients that actually need it. They are also seeing more trouble getting insurance to cover it, which is taking people off of it that are already on it. And they're saying and telling doctors to no longer prescribe this, even for patients that do need it. So there's so many things that we could dissect within this conversation that I have to try to like keep it (laughs) step by step. But I feel like the first thing is just how much this enforces privilege and classism. And I get that the people at the top, the Kim Kardashians, they're not thinking about this, or at the least, they don't care. But the fact that there are people out there on Medicaid that this could change their life that cannot get this because we're giving it to rich people that can afford it is just so sad. And especially when you consider that we're talking about a condition that affects so many Americans, type 2 diabetes, and we are basically just saying like, oh, that's not as important as weight loss for these people that have more money that we care about. Like, this can be life or death for people, and yet it just doesn't matter. And, I mean, it's a whole next level of problematic, considering there are doctors that are also doing this and not caring about those same things, when they could be educating on this type of stuff even. The other part about this that I feel like is really unethical is just the role that Big Pharma is playing in this, and I try not to talk a lot about Big Pharma because I don't really like this whole rhetoric of mistrusting the whole medical system. There's definitely problems in the medical system, but it's not helpful to act like everything in the medical system is bad. I actually have a really incredible podcast that I found the other day that I want to link in the show notes for you guys as well that is an MD that does weight neutral care and she has really incredible podcasts discussing stuff very similar to this, so I'll link that below or I'll link it in the show notes, but Big Pharma is going to want to keep people on these types of drugs and they also would rather have someone that can pay out of pocket than they would have someone... Be getting insurance to cover it. And so it's just sad that that's even something that we have to keep in mind when we're looking at why this would be occurring in the way that it is. And the funniest part about all of it that I was thinking about is how the same people that are shopping at Erewhon every day, obsessing about every single little ingredient in their food and in their skincare, and going gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, whatever the frick it is, that also say that they don't necessarily trust the medical system or that they want to do all these holistic things, will drop everything to buy an incredibly expensive injectable drug that is not even proven in the long term to be safe, only within 68, 72-week trials just to lose weight. And at that, only proved to even lose about 5% of their body weight. And this is the definition of diet culture. We've seen this same mistake so many times, guys. And I wanted to just read you some examples of drugs that were made for weight loss that have been taken off the market or have had problems down the line. So this article is from the Compounding Pharmacy of America. And I'm just going to go through a few. So Belvic was one, it was FDA approved in 2012 and results were looking very promising. You know, it had a few side effects such as lack of energy, nausea, constipation, dry mouth, and it did affect people with diabetes, especially adversely. But then things started to look bad when they saw tumor growth in animals. So over the years it got linked to an increased risk of multiple types of cancers and it was recalled in 2020 because they saw that it was tied to cancer risk. So then there's one called Meridia and it was an appetite suppressant. So there were tons of different side effects that came about from it. Headaches, nausea, insomnia, dizziness, upset stomach, confusion, depression, restlessness, suicidal thoughts. But it was recalled in 2010 and said that this must never be used because it can harm the cardiovascular system and has been shown to cause strokes as well as sudden death. Xena is actually a part of antidepressants that were also used to help people quit smoking and treat addiction, and there was evidence that it could suppress appetites, but it was very dangerous, especially for pregnant women, and the major concern is that it caused um, cognitive disabilities in babies. And there were so many other effects as well. Insomnia, seizures, heart fluttering, numbness and tingling, blurred vision, headaches, birth defects, kidney stones, depression. So I could go on and on. I mean, even this one was the Japanese weight loss pill that looked so promising. And then it started to lead to lack of oxygen in the body, which was causing death. So all of these were at some point approved by the FDA specifically for weight loss. And all of them are now considered to be completely unsafe. And there are so many other pills that could go along this category. But my general rule of thumb is anything that looks too good to be true, which is pretty much anything in regards to weight loss, and also anything that is trendy, is most likely too good to be true and ultimately dangerous, at least most of the time. And I think the biggest thing that I want to unpack here is why are we so obsessed with weight loss that we would put our health at risk just to lose weight? Because I hear it all the time, the argument, well, well, weight loss is the healthiest thing that you can do for your body, especially if you're quote-unquote obese or overweight or whatever it is. But how can people really even argue that in a scenario like this where we have so many different side effects that could potentially harm you even more than the weight that you're carrying on your body, right? So then let's say you don't care about that. Let's say you don't care at all about the potential health declines that you could have. And you want to lose weight for aesthetic reasons, even if you're not meant to lose weight. So why is that? That's what we need to understand. Why is it then that you want to lose weight for aesthetic reasons? You could say, oh, it'll make me more confident. Okay. But why will it make you more confident? Oh, it'll make me happier. But why will it make you happier? You can go through all of these different things. And yes, I understand that we live in a society that is fat phobic and that majorly impacts the way in which people can navigate the world. And that is so challenging and so freaking unfair. But most of this does come down to acceptance by society and other people in your life and thinking that losing weight is going to inherently make you happier. But the truth is that oftentimes, even when people do lose weight and feel more accepted by society, it does not mean that they end up accepting themselves, at least not completely. And it often ends up in never feeling like it's good enough. And so if we're trying to lose weight just for this reason, but but we know that we'll most likely not end up in complete acceptance. We know that this can cause side effects, side effects, I'm sorry, of unhappiness or depression, at least in some of these other drugs that we saw, and affect your overall mental health. then what really is the point? And is taking a drug for weight loss really the answer here? Or is it not? Now, I do just want to quickly say that, There's so much complexity to this conversation. Obviously, I am not an MD who is prescribing this stuff and that understands this drug as completely. And I also understand that there are differences in talking about someone like a celebrity such as Kim Kardashian using this to lose weight and someone that is, you know, a 500 pound or something patient that is considering using something like this to help them with weight loss, right? There are a lot of different scenarios when we go and dive into the medical field at large. And a lot of the times I try to cater my message more specifically to all of you that I know are listening to this podcast. So I hope that this was helpful in learning more about this. And next time you hear about it from someone or see it on TV or watch someone on TikTok, you can come back to this and what we talked about and have a deeper understanding of what the whole situation really looks like. If you have questions about this, always feel free to reach out to me because I'm here to talk. But the last thing that we need to do, and I honestly think I've forgotten this for the past few podcast episodes, so I'm sorry this is on me, but we need to give it a rating. In terms of diabetes, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Like, I don't feel very comfortable saying how much of a drug used for type 2 diabetes is diet culture because that just seems a little bit too, like, intrusive to a space that I don't completely understand. But I would say that how diet culturally is this in terms of weight loss from people that are basically going to doctors that shouldn't be prescribing this but are, such as Kim Kardashian, is a straight up 10 out of 10. I mean... They're literally doing it in every way to fuel diet culture, to adhere to societal standards that are harmful. And it's just the worst. So thank you again for listening to this podcast and just being here. It means so much to me. If you have anything that you want to share, episodes you want to see, feel free to DM me. But I will see you guys next week. Have a good rest of your day.